Hey, good morning, everybody, to a room that's nearly empty. Yeah. Because everybody is, I, I literally had to just go back to the Bible study and say, hey, we're starting. And they go, oh, no, because they were all having such a great conversation that it's. Well, it's reminiscent of the pre-COVID times when everybody would be out there talking and having coffee. There'd be three people in here, and it would take a song for people to kind of wander in. Oh, right. You would have to have the, the, the get people in song. Yeah, people in the seats song. Yeah, and have. it's the same thing. So, you know, this is weird. Yeah. So, hey, That's good right. morning. Yes, we are starting service. Yep, yep, everybody, yeah, come on in. Oh, look, look at all the cool folks. Yes, yeah. so there we go. Okay, how was your week, Joe? I know that you've had people sick in your house this week. Was it a challenging week? Yeah, it was challenging, yeah. Um, I don't know how much you want me to share or what to share, no, but yeah, just um, yeah, we came home from vacation and a couple of people out of the three came up positive and thanks to Lynn who, who took, uh, helped me. No, she, she didn't cause them <laughs> testing positive. No, but Lynn helped me out uh, thanks to your facilitation to get tested and I was negative. So it was a stressful week uh, in that regard and, you know, Vanessa, got hit pretty hard so yeah. it was a very surreal a very surreal week and uh and it wasn't even bad in the grand scheme of things so i really just the idea you, of having covid is challenging yeah, it gives you some context for how people who are really struggling yeah. have it right now i've got a tiny little bit of it you know right. of that experience. by the way I, I should probably say hi ted this is ted you know, those of you who've not met Ted, how are you, Ted? How was your? How have you been? They can't hear you. Yeah, you. You've been good. The, the people online can't hear you. They can't hear you, but that's okay. They'll play. They'll hear you playing bass. They'll hear that. Yeah. So you haven't had it, but you got to really watch it because your wife is in healthcare. And so, but thank you for being here. All right, we have a, do have a couple of announcements. Um, what's the first one? Derek, open door small groups. Um, if you are interested in do in leading a small group, let let me know. We do have several um, that are already happening. We had a coloring group. No coloring groups coming up. We had a we had a, we had a knitting group Saturday, which was a blast. Um, but if you would like to host even it's a one day event, let us know. It could be painting, it could be doing something outdoors, it could be, I don't know, do some, it could be a Nerf gun war day. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's so been a long time. Mike, you'd, you'd enjoy it. I've yeah, yeah, so. I'll bring the one that shoots twice the normal speed and it leaves welts. I'll let you use that one and you're on my team. <laughs> So if you want to do that, though, you got to decide who's going to be in charge of it. So that's one. What's the next one? Top Golf outing coming Saturday, February 12th. Um, please sign up outside there. We do need to know how many people are coming so we can reserve the time. And, and no matter, depending on how many people they're going, it depends on the cost. Yes. We're just going to go to a, to, to a driving range. And just so you don't even have to play golf very well. You know, if you've never played golf and you want to just try golf, you know, or just, you know, you have some rage issues and you want to hit something, 
Um, if you come. don't have rage issues before, right. you'll have you rage issues after. Yeah. yeah, you just come there and just work on it. We got a, We have a, a comment from. Yes. Oh, Darts does that with mean that people ball. run around and you try to hit them with the golf balls? Yeah, it's fun to okay, hit the little cart that picks up the balls and stuff. Oh, yeah. Mate, watch the driver flinch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's fun. So you don't yeah. have to be a golfer to enjoy this, but, yeah, there's a sign-up sheet right out there outside. Is there any others? I think there's at least one more. Gratitude groups, yes, we're going to be starting after church today. And remember I talked about how, how you are biologically wired by your creator to if you practice gratitude, it reduces stress, increases anxiety and fear and gives you just a boost in life to be grateful, to have give thanks, which is exactly what the Lord commands you. But it's a habit, and it's a habit that's sometimes hard to develop. And so doing it with people will help you immensely. And so what these groups are, it's just you sign up, you're put into a small group, and you text each other once a day to say thing, something you're grateful for, and you get their encouragements and you encourage them as well. So it's just a way to help build that habit of giving thanks on a regular basis. If you're interested in that or want to hear more about it, um, there's a sign-up sheet out there. Come talk to me afterwards. Also, our Jesse made a whole bunch of extracurricular a plus things if you want out there underneath the welcome sign that just gives you a way to even be more grateful. So, you know, it just what would be interesting is at the end of that, the people who participated to go back and review the things that they have noted that they're grateful for. Yes. To kind of understand where their mind goes to when they think about being grateful. Mm -hmm. That would be interesting. And to see if there's if if your attitude in life is a little different after the 34 days yeah god this thing is driving me nuts yeah it's driving me nuts okay um i think that's all of our announcements yes yeah that's it all right so we're going to be talking about the sermon today briefly uh, we're talking about how do you help you make your faith actually work for you because so many people struggle with having you, your faith just doesn't seem to do enough to help you just get through life well maybe it's because there's pieces of, of our faith you're just you're not practicing as well as you could because there's a way it works and that's what we're talking about this week and in fact we're going to be talking about the next two weeks as well it's a four-week service and this week is it's we're talking about our relationship with God how does that actually supposed to function and what do you need to do to help kind of make it work and to give you a sense before we get into the sermon just think about this question what makes a relationship work in your own life how does it work? How do you make it better? How do you how do you make it worse? What kinds of things? Think about that. Not intentionally make it worse. I no, hope, but what I if hope. no, but if you did, yeah. if you did this action, it gets worse. If you do these actions, it gets better. Think about that cuz I'm going to ask that question at the start of the sermon. All right? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for for your love for us in Jesus. We just praise you that you want a relationship with us. You want us to, be, to know you. We you want us to connect with you. And I pray that you would help us to connect with you this morning. As we, we spend time with you, we worship you, we hear your voice in the message and in the songs. And bless us as we, as we 
bring praise to you this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Father, um, bring us here to be present, to hear you, and to just to give you, if nothing else, this small amount of time that's just for you. And lay everything else down, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Stand as you're able. Let's pray. Lord, just coming back to the idea of, of being grounded, that as we think about reflect on gratefulness and reflect on what we are grateful for, I just pray that for each of us, that if we are not in that place yet, that we are intentionally working toward the place where the first thing that we're grateful for is for you and for your son, Jesus, that we can be grounded in that and from all that flows our gratitude, Lord. Let us hear your word this morning. Thank you. Father God, help me to communicate um, how we can walk with you and how we can have a relationship with you better, deeper, that we might have our faith impact our lives more. Lord, for, for, for those of us who, who've walked for a long time with you, help us to evaluate our, 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 our relationship with you again anew. Because we want to know you, Jesus. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. So, how your faith works. How does it actually function? Last week we talked about um, an illustration that's kind of driving this entire idea. And it's, it's this concept of, of a wheel. Now, I got this, I'm not the originator of this idea. It's been around for... Ooh, long time, very long time, at least since the 1950s um, with an organization called the Navigators. Now, I'm going to modify it a little bit, but basically it works like this. It's just like a wheel, like for a bicycle or something, the center is what drives everything. It is the power. Think of it in a bicycle. You know, the chain goes to the hub, and the hub turns, and that's what turns the wheel. That's the power. It's the center of your life. It's the center of, of the, the, the power source for living your Christian life. We talked about last week that the original um, idea is that if in the original illustration is that it's Christ. And I think we could, we could expand that a little bit to maybe just say God in general. Because it's meant to have, you're meant to have a relationship with God the Father. It is the gospel. It is, it is Jesus' death and resurrection and how that affects you, how you are united with Jesus, how you have a new identity in him, how that drives the change in your life, and how the Holy Spirit unites you with Jesus, how it empowers you to live for Christ, how, it, how he lives in you on a regular basis, how he produces fruit in your life. It is, it is, it is God that is the power source. It's not you and me. This is not self-help. It's God helping us. And so one of the things we need to do is, is just ask God for help to change our lives. But that's the center. And then the spokes is how 
the, the, that power in the center actually translates out to actually doing it. And the up and down is our vertical relationship, which is what we're going to talk about today. How does the vertical relationship work? And then the, then the, 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 the two side ones is how we relate to people. Both people inside the church, people outside the church, and there's a lot of similarities there. And then, of course, the outside is where the rubber meets the road, where it actually works. It doesn't work to have the power source and the spokes, and there's no actual tire, does it? Can you imagine trying driving a car with no tires? It doesn't go anywhere. And so how does that on the outside? So here's the original, here's the original one median Christian life where it's actually rolling and going somewhere you have the prayer and and the word up on, on the vertical fellowship and witnessing on the outside and this is how it it goes now for some of us some we have all of these some of us we have maybe one missing maybe some of them we know a little bit of of one of them but it's not as strong as it could be. And so this is a time to evaluate how does this actually work? Are you neglecting one? Does one need to be strengthened? Because we all know what would happen if you had a tire and one of the spokes was really skinny and the other ones were real strong. It would go thunk, thunk, thunk. It wouldn't roll very well. And so this whole series is helping you think about how to make your, your life go for you. And today what I want to talk about is the vertical. Now here, I started with asking a question. How, what things do you need to do to make a relationship be maintained or deepened? What what kind of things you can do? I have my list, but I'd love to hear some of yours. And I'm actually, and this is very unusual. I actually want to hear some response. What what works? What does, what, what works? Communication, in fact, that's the biggest thing. One psychologist said that you need to spend at least 10 minutes a day talking with a person about just how it's happening in their life to maintain a relationship. If you don't talk, you don't have a relationship. He said a few more, but what else? Listening. You got to listen. There's kind of a give and take in a relationship, right? If you don't, can you imagine having a relationship with somebody that they ne- that that they never listen to you? What kind of relationship is that? Do you want to be in a relationship with someone who never who who never pays attention to you? Any other ideas? Yes. You do things together. Absolutely. How about we flip it the other way? What are some things not to do? That if you do this action, it doesn't work. Try to solve their problems. Spoken as a man, absolutely. (laughs) Right? Sometimes you just need to listen to them and empathize with them and just be there for them. Absolutely. Any other thoughts? Arguing. Bad arguing. Bad arguing. Yes. Any other thoughts? What? Belittling. Shame. Here's some of the ones, here's some of the relationships and do's and don'ts that I, that I had, right? Don't be honest. 
ignoring them, right? To stop listening, stop talking, right? How about taking them for granted, not appreciating what they do for you? That's not good for a relationship, is it? Right? I'm sure we can all think of some more. Here, here's some things in conversations. Actually being present. Right? How many times have you had a conversation with somebody and, and you can tell they're not really engaged? How is that for a conversation, right? You can tell they don't want to be there. Don't pontificate. What? Put your cell phone in your pocket. Or shut it off, right? Now, maybe you don't know what the word pontificate is, but it's, it's going on and on and on and on and not actually allowing the other person to say something. Who wants a conversation like that, right? Where one person just talks and talks. Oh, oh gosh, I have, a, I have people in my life like this. It's like, oh, no, just let me say something. How about, you know, but you need to just kind of go with the flow with a good conversation. Sometimes you can't direct that flow. You just like, oh, they bring up something and you kind of talk about that. And it just, it can't be a directed thing because then it, who, who enjoys that? We talked about listening. Listening is not passive. Listening actually takes effort. It, you have to actually take the time and focus on what they're saying and listening well. Making it about them. What, what, would you enjoy a conversation where they only talk about themselves? Would you want that? Is that enjoyable? No. And then the last one that, that, I, that I found was consider where. It's kind of hard to do that like in the middle of when somebody's doing their work, right? It's hard to have a good conversation in the middle of work or, or in the middle of it when you're running to the airport, right? It's like... This is not the moment to have a a deep conversation. And here's my point with talking about all these things. Your faith is fundamentally a relationship. This is how Jesus defined eternal life, which many would say, well, that's the whole point of Christianity. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Your Your faith is about a relationship. And one of the things we just get all mixed up in our head is we don't think about how we relate to God in the same ways we would think about how do we have a good relationship. It's exactly the same way. Can you have a good relationship with someone you never talked to? Well, no, then why don't you talk to God? Can you have a good conversation, a relationship with somebody you never listen to them? Then why don't you ever read the Bible? Can you have a good conversation when you make it all about you? Well, no. Then why is our prayers only about us? Can we have a good conversation, have a relationship with somebody we ignore? Then why do we ignore him? Just think through that. So this is why today's point is it's, it's just about listening and talking to God. That's, and it's a back and forth. And that's why the two basic ones of prayer and the word, although those are accurate, I think it's helpful to think this too, through in terms of just listening and talking. Because that's what we're doing. Let's walk through tr- some, some prayer. 
It's talking to God, guys. It's all it is. It's just talking. If you're able to have a conversation with anyone, you can pray. Why, let's just walk through, just so you remember why it's important. Just why is it important? And let's look at just the life of Jesus. He prayed a lot. Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Luke, Luke 5. He did it all the time. His, his life was very, very marked with a lot of prayer. It's the only thing that the disciples ever asked him how to do. They didn't ask him how to do miracles. They didn't ask him how to, to preach. They didn't ask him how to serve. They asked him only one thing. How do you pray? He prayed a lot. He prayed when he was busy. After telling everyone to good, goodbye, he then went up to the, the hills to by himself to pray in Mark 6. The context is Jesus is at his peak in his ministry. There, co- people are constantly demanding his te- attention. You think we live a busy life? He at this moment in his life was busier than all of us. Tw- from the moment he woke up to the moment he went to bed, there were con- people constantly wanting his attention. And he would purposely force them to go away so he could take some time to pray. Busyness didn't stop Jesus from praying. He prayed for long periods of time. One day after Jesus went up to a mountain and he prayed all night. All night. Well, that's, that's, I've never prayed all night. I gotta, I'll be honest, I never have prayed that much. But, but it gives you a sense of the standard that we could maybe seek to. Praying a lot. And he prayed when it was hard. This is, the, this is right before Jesus goes to the cross. He goes to the garden of Gethsemane. And he says, sit here while I'm going to go over there and pray. When life got really hard for him, he prayed. So we can see in the life of Jesus, and we can watch, look, and look through the, the book of Acts and see the same thing. For, for believers... Prayer is a regular thing. They pray often. They pray for long periods of time. They pray when they're busy. They pray when they're having a hard moment. They pray all the time. Because it's about a relationship. Now, there's lots of kinds of prayer. There's praising God. There's lamenting, which we've talked about before, which is just taking a moment and just crying out, God, uh, I'm having a hard time here. There's confession. How often do we confess? Say, God, I've done some sinning here. There's asking for help. For me or for you or for somebody else. Just asking. There's giving thanks. There's all kinds of things. How do you do it? Well, I've already hinted, haven't I? You just simply talk. Let me give you an example of this. And I love this. I don't think I've ever seen, seen a preacher use this as an example of how to pray. But look at this. This is Jesus as he's about to raise Lazarus. And listen to how he talks to his, his father. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up, starts to praying, and says, Father, thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. Um, but I said it for the benefit of those standing here so that they may believe you sent me. Notice he's talking to the father. And do you hear how casual it is he's just talking it's not complicated 
He's not using repetition. It's just a conversation. This is how you pray. No more do I ever want to hear people say, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. Because I can hear, you're talking to me. A three-year-old can pray because they can talk. Just talk like anyone else. But you address God the Father, generally speaking, because that's the person that you're in a relationship with. You can pray to Jesus. That's okay. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. That's okay. You can pray. In, 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 do you pray? In, do you need to end in Jesus' name? No. What is that about? There's a, there's a verse in John where it says you need to pray in the name of Jesus. What that means is, are we offline? Oh, good. Oh, they can hear me, but they can't see me. Oh, interesting. So ignore, ignore Joe. I know. I'm talking to these people. We upgraded the internet today, and so things are a little weird. Where was I? Praying. Oh, in Jesus' name. All that means is, is you pray in the authority, the name, the righteousness of Jesus. That's what it means. Just like the phrase, stop in the name of the law, right? What does that mean? In the authority that comes with the badge. That's what it means. It's just as legitimate to start your pray, prayer and say, Father, I'm going to come to you because of the righteousness of Jesus. That's the, that's the ground I get to ask you. That's the, the legitimacy of me approaching you is because of what Jesus has done. That's what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, you can say that or you can just know in your mind and your heart that the only reason you get to have a relationship with God the Father is because of Jesus and you're praying in his name. It's not a magic word. You're not going to be heard more because you say in Jesus' name. You will be heard because of what Jesus has done for you. And you're approaching God on the basis of that. That's what in his name means. So, you can start with it. You can say, hey, I'm going to come to you in Jesus' name, Father, and then say your pray prayer. And then at the end, you can say, okay, talk to you later. Why not? He's with you. Just say, I'll talk to you later, Jesus. I'll talk to you later, Father. This is how you pray. What about emotions? Can you pray when you're angry? Yes. One of the things you guys, we, we talked about at the beginning with a relationship. Is it, is it good for your relationship if, if your spouse asks you are, you, are you mad, honey? And they say, No. Is that a good thing? No, no, no. They need to be on, you need to be honest when you're mad, right? And say, yeah, this is bothering me. I'm mad. I'm mad about something. In fact, it's kind of lying, technically, right? So in that just marriage counseling, if you're mad at your spouse, just say, give me a minute, <laughs> right? Don't lie. Just say, I'm upset, but I'm not ready to talk about it. If you don't want to admit it, okay? Same thing with God. He knows you're angry. He knows you're upset. 
Don't lie about it. Don't pretend that you're not mad. Tell him you're mad. And then he can say, okay, you're mad about this? Let's work it through. Don't lie. In fact, there's one of, one of the, the types of prayers that I didn't bring up was called imprecatory psalms. You can read them in places like Psalm 109. And they're, they're, they're harsh. Listen to how this goes. This is a prayer. With words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me, but I am a man of prayer. So he's angry. And listen to what he asked for them. Repay me evil. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. And so appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let my, let my accuser stand at the right hand. When he is tried, let him be found guilty. May his prayers be a con- condemn him. May his days be few and another take his leadership. And then watch this. May his children be fatherless. His wife a widow. widow. May his children be, be wandering beggars and be driven from their ruined homes. And it keeps going. Wow. Can we pray like that? I say yes, knowing that sometimes what you need to do, as what Paul puts it here in Romans 12, do not take revenge, friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It's fine to say, God, I'm really angry with this, and this is what I would like to have happen. I'd like you to give them revenge, because so I don't. And if you don't fix and he can at least go, no, I'm not going to do that. I want you to strike him down, God. Mm, no, but appreciate the thought. Right? I'm glad you're telling me. Now, why are you angry, Brian? Because that's what he'll do. Are you being merciful right there, Brian? We need to, because sometimes the best thing you can do when you're angry at someone is to pray for them. You know, you, you pray, pray, you know, and maybe you start off with, God, I'm really mad at them. I want them to, I want them to get caught. I want them to be all this. And as you pray, what's going to end up happening is God's going to be working on your heart and eventually you'll get to God just bless them. But you got to start with where you're really at. So this is Prayer. And when you pray, and just a couple of tips with it, just when you're there, just like when you're talking, you need to be fully there. You need to be fully present. Be in your car, go on a walk. I used to do that, and and Jesse would say, at least put one of these little headsets on so that people don't think you're crazy. (laughs) Right? Sure, put your headphones on maybe so they think you're just singing to the music. Right? But be fully there. And I know you don't like it, but praying with others is really helpful to learn how to pray. And, and it's not hard to do, but just pray with others. I, I, I can't, another one is, I, I, don't, I can't prove from scripture, but for some reason, praying out loud matters. It seems to be different. I don't know if it just feels like you're really more invested in it. But praying out loud, and then finally, use the Bible. Quote God. Which gets us to this part. This is God talking to you. 
The Bible is not just a book. It is God talking to you. Now, one of the confusions we struggle with a little bit, I realize that this may be a really long sermon. (laughs) The Bible is a mixture of both people and God working together. This is how Peter puts it in 2 Peter. Above all, you need to realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came out from the prophet's own understanding, his own just making it up. Instead, or from human desire, his initiative. No, prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit as they spoke from God. It is a collaboration. There are two authors to every piece of Scripture. Equally so. There is God, the Holy Spirit, is the author from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. All the way, every verse is God there. But also, there is a human author who have their own quirks, who have their own little ways of thinking about things, who are speaking from their own culture, and you need to read it in both ways. On one hand, you need to read it like you would read a book. When you read a novel, when you read a story, you know that you don't read Jane Austen like you would read a driver's manual. You read it differently because there's a thing called genre. You look at for paragraphs. You look at, you know, when you're, when you're reading at the beginning of a book and you see this, this really interesting thing happen, you think, well, maybe they're going to re- reference it later. This is how you do it. There are cultural references. And at the same time, you need to see that there is a single author from the beginning to the end. The Holy Spirit. And so sometimes with that, you... you you wonder why it's hard to read the Bible? Have you ever wondered why sometimes it's hard to read the Bible? You could read a lot of things. You could probably sit and read down sit and read a, a novel for for hours, right? But God, opening the Bible, I can only do it for like three minutes. Do you know why? Because it's a spiritual event. It's not just like reading any other book. You're actually interacting with the creator in that moment. He's talking to you. This is why it's hard. It's because it's not, because you're having a relationship with him in that moment. That's why. Yeah. Now you know why it's hard. But just like we said at the beginning, can you have a relationship that you never ever listen to them? then why are you not listening ever to Jesus? Romans 3, uh, 2 Timothy, all scripture, the phrase here is God-breathed or God-spirited. It's the same word. Everything is God's spirit literally helped speak it out. And it's useful for everything in your Christian life. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good week. Work. What are some ways to hear, hear it, to kind of get the Bible in you? One of it's to hear it, like you're doing t- what you, when you come on Sunday morning. You listen to a sermon. You can get it, if it's a good Christian song that has some good lyrics to it, you're hearing God there, too. Hearing it. You can read it. You can take some time to study it memorizing it, meditating on it, which is just thinking about it. 
Now, the illustration this game was, was from a hand, and it, and it goes from reading it to memorizing it. And when you think about grabbing something, these three are the ones that really grip it, the study, the memorize, and the meditate. Even if you at least hear it and you think about it afterwards, you got at least something of a grip. At minimum, you need to go to a Sunday, Sunday morning and listen to the sermon and think about it a little bit. That's better than nothing. But if you can read it, if you can make, take some time and really meditate on some scripture, now you're really going to start hearing God in your life. And this is how these two work together. This is why it's talking and listening. It's a back and forth between you and Jesus, you and the Father. You pray, he talks to you through scripture, and, and, and you just kind of keep going back and forth between the two. And as I started with this, this is how your faith works. You can't have a relationship with God without listening to him. You can't have a relationship with God without talking to him. You wonder why your, your faith is not as strong as you would like it to be? Are you praying as much as you could? Are you reading the Bible as much as you could? Remember as I, I started with the very beginning, that the first thing someone said was communication. Yeah. 90 minutes, 10, 10 to 12 minutes a day of, of talking and listening to God is what it takes to deepen and maintain a relationship with him. Have you been ignoring God for a while in your life? Even if it's 10 minutes of just listening to Christian music, which is what, about three and a half, four songs? And then talking to him about it. I mean, that's bare minimum. It'd be better to actually open your Bible a little. But this is, this is how your faith goes. This is how it works. Okay? I want you to be blessed. I want you to be able to have a, a, a faith that is, that is giving you the, the, the strength you need to get through, the light, through your day, to get through this insanity-driven world we live in right now. I want you to be able to have the, the, the peace to deal with all the trials that are hitting you constantly. I want you to be able to have your faith work. So, try to do a, a few minutes a day of talking and listening to God. Okay? Let's pray. Jesus, I, I, I just, I know even in my own life, Father, as, as well as I know in, in many of our lives, we, we need more time with you. And so simply we ask, since you are the source of all this, God, help us. Help us to pray more. Help us to just get a little bit more uh, listening to you in during the week. 
because we want to know you. You is the source of every joy, every good thing comes from you. Help. Break up our hearts. Pray in your name. Ted's getting his base ready. Uh, just, I want to just jump in very briefly. Forgive me, Brian. Um, I remember when I decided about 12 years ago that I needed to get back into reading the Bible more frequently and to actually try to read through the whole Bible. I just remember I always got stuck at the end of Exodus when we got into all that in Leviticus. Oh, you know, oh come on, man. I don't care how many cubits. Just can we just move on? Uh, I just couldn't get anywhere with it because it was in an you know it w because it was like reading. Here's how you put together the IKEA desk you just bought. You know, that's you know there's nothing nice about that. Um, it was uh, a friend of mine referred to it as God's barbecue guide because everything was about slicing and you know how long you're going to drain the blood and that stuff. It's okay to step into stuff that's a little easier. Book of Ruth is a great place to read in the Old Testament. That's just a lovely story, and don't be afraid to spend time in the Gospels. Um, or the letters. Yeah, the letters. Um, yeah, make it easy on you. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to jump into the deep end of the pool. Yeah, start Revelations if you really want to torture yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now to the center of our faith. The death and resurrection of Jesus is the core of everything that we are as Christians. This is it. That he died and he paid for your sin so that you can have a relationship with God. One that begins now, today, and endures into eternity. This is it. Right here. And as we talked about at the very beginning, it's like it's difficult to have a good relationship with someone if you take them for granted. So we come here every day, every week to rem remember and give thanks that you are forgiven, that you have been blessed with all heavenly blessings through Jesus. I don't care how big of sin you've done. I don't care how many times you've done it. If you come to the table today saying, Jesus, I need you, Father, I want you, he will, he will not turn you away. Come to the table. Come and take this as a moment of again saying, Jesus, I need you, and, and Father, I want you. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I'm coming to you on the basis of what Jesus has done for me. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he said, this is my body given for you. And then as Isaiah 53 says, he went to the cross just a couple of hours later and there the father laid on him our sin and he was crushed for our iniquities. He was bruised for our sins. The peace, that which brings us peace with God was laid upon him. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. The new agreement between you and God. If you come, he will receive you and wash you clean. You will not be dirty in his sight. Come to the table. Get the elements and then after we've sung a little bit, I think we're going to do you alone. Mm -hmm. We'll share them together. Father, thank you again for the day. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your the, that you meet us right where we are. You know everything that's happening in our lives, and you just want to be a part of it. Help us to hear that call. Help us to relate to you, to hear, to listen to you, and to just talk to you about our day. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming today. I just want to remind you again, your faith is about a relationship. Think about it in the same way you think about every other relationship in your life and do the same things that work. Talk. Listen to them. And as we're going to talk about next week, you got to do stuff with them. You got to do stuff with them. And that's what next week's all about, is doing stuff with Jesus as he serves the world. Okay? God bless, and may God be with you this week. Take care.